0: Welcome to the Sunday Soother, a podcast, newsletter, and community about authentic living and compassionate personal development. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a life coach, online teacher, and writer focused on self reflection, mindfulness, and how to create meaning in our everyday lives in practical ways. Join me weekly for conversations about personal growth, spirituality, self discovery, and self care. And how we can navigate this messy world with hope and humanity. Hey, everybody, it's Catherine here. Welcome back to the Sunday Soother. So last week I talked about a concept called thought work and self-coaching in my episode on self-concept and life context. And I realized that I talk a lot about thought work and this model, and I teach it here and there, and you know, I share it with my one-on-one clients, and I've used it in some of my courses, but I don't think I've ever explained it fully and centrally on the podcast, what it is, why it matters and how to start using it and why it's so effective. So that's what I want to do today. We're going to explore the concept of thought work, which is uh, using what's called the self coaching model or the model to intentionally investigate your thoughts and choose new ones. So you can then be creating different results in your life. So a short version, and I'll get a little bit more into it, is that this is the concept that we're normally in our world looking to find evidence in our external lives and base our thoughts and opinions on that. But thought work and self-coaching teaches you to create the thought first, then find the evidence to support that thought and go from there. And at first, when I learned about this, I kind of thought it sounded like a bunch of hooey, but the more I thought about it, the more it made sense because the fact is our brains. I think we all know have a negativity bias and they're also basically toddlers, right? I mean, the very first concept is that we are not our thoughts or our brains. They're kind of running away with themselves and we need to be paying more and we don't need to be listening to them. We need to be coaching them and talking to them, right? Our brains and our thoughts. And because of these negative uh, negativity biases and the fact that our brain is kind of always trying to keep us safe, in its own weird way, and the fact that oftentimes we're also wired for short-term pleasure, um, it's all over the place. (laughs) And so these thoughts can often be reflecting more the negativity biases, the um, avoidance of change, the trying to keep us safe and not do anything new, and the reward in short-term pleasure. And so our thoughts are often reflecting those things. And what we want to do as thought work is choose new thoughts to Um, move into the brain of our higher, more supportive selves. Selves that help us stay with our commitments, believe in ourselves, generally have a more positive experience of the world and ourself. Um, Like I talked about last week, having a more supportive, intentional, and positive self-concept and a more supportive, intentional, meaningful, and positive life context. And one way to start getting to those things is to start employing thought work using the self-coaching model. So what is it? So this is called the self-coaching model, and sometimes it's referred to as the model for short, and it is developed by a woman named Brooke Castillo, who is a life coach. She's kind of like the Oprah of this field in a way, right? She's really big in terms of life coaching. She's been really successful, and she's really respected, Um and the basic premise of the self-coaching model that she has created, and which she shares freely, it's not a secret, is that your thoughts about circumstances create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, and your actions create your results. So if that sounds a little bit unclear to you, I'm going to break it down. First, this is the premise. Many of us think we are operating from, reacting to, or dis- or making decisions based on circumstances. And here's a few examples of what that could sound like. Okay, sorry, I had to make sure I was still recording. (laughs) So this could sound like this. My friend didn't text me back, so she must be mad at me. My boss didn't give me a raise, so he thinks I'm doing a bad job. I never heard back after that first date. I'm never going to find somebody. Now pause and know this. Those are not facts or circumstances. Those are your thoughts, a.k.a. your emotional interpretation of circumstances. And you get to change those, okay? You have to start from this belief that circumstances are completely neutral. They are facts that could be put as evidence in a court of law, and they have no adjectives attached to them. A thought is, I'm overweight. A circumstance is, I weigh 200 pounds. A thought is, my relationships never work out. A circumstance is, my girlfriend hasn't texted me back in 24 hours. A thought is, my friend doesn't care about me. A circumstance is, my friend didn't attend my birthday party. Again, circumstances must be completely neutral. Some other examples are, it's snowing, I make $60,000 a year at my job, or I'm five foot five inches tall. And Castillo writes this, so I'm gonna be quoting her now. Here are a few more examples of circumstances. Apple makes computers. The girl spilled her coffee, the purse is black. Besides basic facts, there are two additional components to circumstances, your past and other people's actions. The events of your past are circumstances. For example, if your mom came over to your house last week at 10 a.m. without calling first, that's a circumstance. It's a fact. It's how she acted, and it's already happened. If your mom calls you right now and says she is coming over, that is also a circumstance. It's a fact that she made the call, and it's not debatable by anyone. Circumstances or the facts of your life are neutral. They're neither good nor bad. And she Closes out saying, circumstances only become good or bad based on the thoughts we have about them. So where we go wrong is when we try to believe our thoughts, our circumstances, our facts. And so that may help you to kind of understand what our what thoughts, right? Thoughts are the little voice running all day and sometimes all night in your head. And human beings have somewhere around 60,000 thoughts a day, and most of these thoughts are going unsupervised or unobserved by ourselves, like meaning we're not even aware of most of them. And typically, we don't intentionally choose our thoughts, and that can be the cause of many of our problems, because thoughts oftentimes, like I said, automatically tend toward the negative. And some of these thoughts may sound like, my boss is so mean, this place is a mess, I'll never get that job. I don't think she likes me. He's so rude. Okay. So Castillo refers back to her example with the mom coming over unannounced. And she writes this, for example, thinking that your mom is being overbearing by coming over unannounced is a thought. It's your opinion. Others could have different opinions about that same circumstance. You know a thought is not a circumstance if there are any descriptive words or opinions in the sentence around the facts. And even if 100 people out of 100 people agreed on the same set of facts, it's still a thought because it cannot be proven as a fact. The number of people agreeing with a thought doesn't make it a circumstance. It's still a thought. Anytime you add a qualifier to a circumstance, you are choosing to think a thought. So if you say, she has a horrible past, that's a thought no matter how many people agree with you, because the descriptor horrible is a thought about the person's past. Okay, so you may be asking, well, what's the issue here? Like, we're humans, if we're having 60,000 thoughts a day, and many of them tend towards the negative, that's kind of just being a human, right? Well, the issue comes when you understand the next step of the model, because when we listen to and believe these automatic thoughts, we start to feel a certain way. Thoughts cause feelings in our body. A thought may cause us to feel sad, lonely, angry, joyful, powerful, motivated, defeated, or more. So back to the mom example from Castillo. She continues to write, Many people confuse thoughts and feelings. For example, if someone asks you how you felt about your mom coming over unannounced, you might say, I'm frustrated because she is overbearing. In this example, the feeling you're having is frustration. The thought you're having about the circumstance is that your mom is overbearing. Your mom coming over unannounced is not in and of itself frustrating. It's a neutral circumstance. So your thought that your mom is overbearing is what's causing you to feel frustrated. And distinguishing between thoughts and feelings is critical to feeling better. Understanding that your thoughts cause your feelings is how you learn to feel better without changing your circumstances, right? So many of us think that if only we had more money, if only we had a partner, if only we lived somewhere different, if only our mom or our dad wasn't like this, if only our friend did that, then we would feel better. This is why the model is so liberating and powerful in my experience is that nothing outside of us has to change in order for us to feel better. We just need to learn to think different thoughts about these circumstances. So we have the circumstance, we have the thought, we have the feeling. And next in the model is actions. Actions are generally motivated by our feelings. And then the actions you choose get you certain results, which is the last part of the model. So if you are feeling frustrated, you are likely to choose to act from a place of or in response to this feeling. And that action may not be the one you want or the one that's going to get you the most supportive result. You know, if we go back to the example that Cassia uses about the mom coming over, if you're frustrated in that situation, you may yell at your mom. You may give her the silent treatment for a week. You may avoid visiting her for a month. And then you have results, the final step of the model, which is coming out of our actions. So if you choose to act one of those ways towards your mom, what's the result you will get? Probably further distance, more frustration, maybe a fight. Your relationship might suffer. And this is likely not the result you want. But it was all triggered by your first thought of how she is overbearing. So let me break this down. Circumstance. Mom comes over unannounced. Thought. Mom is overbearing and doesn't respect my time. Feeling. Frustration. Action, silent treatment to mom for a week. Result, tension, damaged relationship. So that's like the very baseline of the model. But there are some other truths according to the model that you must accept. You can't control other people or things that have happened in the past. When you argue with the past, you lose 100% of the time. Nothing outside of you has the power to make you feel a certain way. It is not your circumstances, but your thoughts about your circumstances that create your experience. You attract what you think about. Feelings are vibrations in your body. Feelings lead to action, inaction, or reaction. You cannot permanently change your results without changing your beliefs. You can feel better now without anything in your life changing. And choosing your thoughts is the most important component of feeling better. What do you say? Do you got it? Maybe not yet. So let me give you a few more examples. So I use the model a lot in my relationship um, because when you're spending a lot of time with another person, they're going to annoy you (laughs) and you're going to annoy them, especially if you're quarantining together or living together, right? So the other morning, my boyfriend rolled over and started snoring snoring at 5 a.m., which woke me up. And my thought machine immediately started racing. This is so annoying. I'll never fall back asleep. How can he not hear himself? This is so loud. I should wake him up. This is disrupting my sleep, which means I'm going to be unproductive at work today. I'm so annoyed and on and on and on. So if I had followed that thought all the way through to feelings, actions and results, it might have ended up looking like this. Circumstance, boyfriend starts snowing at 5 a.m., which wakes me up. Thought, my boyfriend is annoying and I'm going to be less productive. Feeling, anger, annoyance. Action, Poke boyfriend and wake him up, stew all morning, snipe at him for something out of his control. Result, strained relationship with boyfriend and bad mood all day. Luckily, instead, I was able to catch myself and redirect my thought. Circumstance. Boyfriend starts snoring at 5 a.m. and the sound wakes me up. Thought. I'm so lucky to have my boyfriend here during quarantine. I'm glad he's feeling safe and sleeping well. I can try to fall back asleep, but I can also just get up and do my meditation and journaling early. Feeling, warmth, appreciation, motivation, action, wake up, do extra journaling and meditating. Result, I actually feel better all day because of those actions and I feel warmer and closer towards my boyfriend. So this may sound a little Pollyanna-ish, and it can be. I have to admit that choosing to redirect your thoughts in this manner kind of feels fake at first, but it does get easier and more effective. So I'm going to give you a few more examples to try to like ground this for you a little bit. This one is from a coaching client who I'll call Kay, who had just started a new job after a long period of unemployment. And that had really given her self-esteem a hit. She was at orientation for kind of a complex topic And without any guidance or instructions from any superiors, a few other people started putting together binders on this topic. So that was a circumstance. Then Kay immediately launched into a thought. We're going to get into trouble. Why would they waste time doing something that's not approved? This doesn't seem like a smart choice. Maybe I should stop them. This thought was leading to Kay feeling othered and anxious which may have led her to try to control her coworkers, which may have led to the result of being othered or excluded or making a bad first impression, right? Which was kind of the thing she was trying to avoid. But she was able to catch her thought. So here's how her model went for that day. Circumstance. Kay was at a new job orientation, and without instruction from superiors, other coworkers started putting together binders on the topic. Original thought. We're going to get in trouble. Why would they waste time doing something that's not approved? This doesn't seem like a smart choice. Maybe I should stop them. Here's her redirected, more intentional thought. That's not what I would do, but that might actually add a lot of value. In fact, this is such a complex topic that it's going to take all kinds of approaches and skill sets to solve it. And I know I have my own skills, which means I am a crucial part of this group. This led to a feeling for her of belonging and pride. And the action... She felt like she wanted to continue to try to be closer to more folks. She went and introduced herself to this group of coworkers, had suggestions for what they were doing. They ended up fascinated by her skill set and asked lots of questions. The result ended up being she gave an impromptu presentation on her skill set that her coworkers were appreciative of, and she contributed to the actions they were taking. So she felt more connected to new coworkers and more confident in her abilities. So let me try one more small example, okay? This is um, pretty brief, but if you're, you know, hard on yourself or feel cluttered, uh, or sorry, if you deal with messes and stuff, this might help ground it, okay? So the circumstances, you have uh, 10 piles of stuff on your countertop. Now, I want to notice you wouldn't say I have a huge pile of stuff on my counter or my counter is so incredibly messy because that would be adding thoughts into it. So you would just say 10 piles of stuff on my countertop as the circumstance, The unintentional or unsupportive thought may be, I'm terrible at making decisions, feeling, defeated, action, don't try to go through stuff because you know you're terrible. Results, piles of stuff increase, no decisions made because you feel you're terrible at making them. Now, an intentional model for this example would be circumstance, 10 piles of stuff on your countertop. Thought, I'm not good at organizing yet, but I'm not going to stop until I learn. Feeling, hope, determination. Action, go through two piles of stuff. Results, only eight piles of stuff left. You may have made mistakes, but you feel proud that you are trying to learn and that you are not giving up. So sometimes changing your thoughts in this way intentionally can feel too hard. And I'm going to do a whole episode on ways to start to learn to change your thoughts because I think there's a ton to go in there there. Um, But what you can do is you can start to create a bridge thought, which doesn't have to be like this very positive, very supportive thought. It can be a thought that feels possible for you. So let me walk back to the example of my boyfriend snoring. Maybe you're like, this is easy enough for you to say, Catherine, because you've been studying coaching and mindfulness and mindset for a long time. But there's no way I wouldn't want to sucker punch my boyfriend in the face and be in a horrible mood all day. Let alone change my thought to one of love and excitement about meditation. Who are you even? which is fair, right? You know, I have had all of those benefits of studying meditation and mindfulness and and this kind of thought work. So you can try another thought. You can try this thought. I'm irritated and annoyed right now, and that's okay. So I find adding and that's okay to any quote-unquote negative thought is actually super powerful and helps you take back some control from that negative thought running the rest of your day. So let's take it through the model. Circumstance. Boyfriend starts snoring at 5 a.m. and the sound wakes me up. Thought My boyfriend is annoying and I'm going to be less productive, and that's okay. Feeling Resigned acceptance. Spark of idea to do something for yourself if you get up early. Action Maybe you wake up and pre- prepare a delicious breakfast that you may not have had time for otherwise. And the result? Waffles. Who doesn't want waffles? <laughs> so I'll say this about the model. Which is important to um, acknowledge. This is not a thought model that's designed to have you accept people walking all over you or treating you badly, right? We still must honor our mental health. We must honor our boundaries. We must respect our needs. We must communicate our desires. We must be present for our emotions. This is not, oh, you're depressed, just positive, think your way out of it, okay? It's really important to consider your mental health, to consider how you want people to treat you, right? Right? Like, it's, it's important to put yourself first, right? But then in those situations where you're having negative thoughts about things that are kind of outside of your control or you're interpreting them negatively, that's when you can use the thought model, right? These are good for the situations in our life where we'd like to simply have a little bit more love, a little bit more motivation, a little bit more joy, a little bit more connection, a little bit more confidence, right? So you can practice it. It takes time, but it does get easier, As you continue. So, I'm gonna, like I said, next week I'm gonna go into a podcast that gives you guidance on how to start changing your thoughts because you may understand intellectually this concept and you may be like, this is going to be very difficult for me, which is just a thought. You could say, I bet I'm gonna be really good at this, right? That's another thought you could have. Um, But I do find often that clients, especially sensitive women, um, have spent most of their lives thinking negative thoughts as sort of a protection mechanism. And they often really struggle with coming up with new thoughts. Um, with sensitive people, there's a lot of black and white thinking. There's a lot of perfectionism. There's a lot of focus on other people and their thoughts instead of our own. There's a lot of self-criticism, a lot of self-judgment. So I do think for sensitive women, it can be hard to come up with new thoughts without it feeling totally unbelievable and unreachable for you to kind of believe or click into. So next week in next week's podcast, I'm going to focus on how to start intentionally changing your thoughts. And I'm going to give you some ideas, some tactics and some uh, ways to practice learning how to change your thoughts. For now, the best way you can start right now and I, I referenced this last week is to simply start observing your thoughts. I really recommend writing down five to 10 thoughts you have in any given day and just write them down. You don't have to do anything with those thoughts. You don't have to judge those thoughts. You simply just have to start noticing and observing because we cannot begin to change our thoughts if we're not aware of them. So awareness, the noticing, the gentle observation of your thoughts is the perfect place to start. So why don't you spend the next week, every day, write down five or 10 thoughts that you've noticed that you've had. And next week, I'll teach you how to start changing those thoughts. Have a good week ahead. I'll be thinking of you and talk to you soon. That's it for this week's Sunday Soother. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a moment, go on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That's how other people find this podcast and the message of hope and compassionate personal growth I'm hoping to spread to many more people just like you. You can find me on Instagram at Catherine Andrews and find out more about the Sunday Soother at com. You can also check out my services, courses, and coaching at katherinedandrews.com. Have a great day ahead.